Hey guys, welcome back to the Between Takes podcast. This is our episode nine part. How's your quarantine? It's so good. I've been reading this, which I love. I'm uh, only like a, like a little bit in, but it's really sick. That's awesome. It's like this book. And, you know, just the regular sides. Probably going to have to cut that. Probably can't show sides. About you, Bob, what have you been up to? I started taking up golfing. Everyone's taking up golfing right now. I just talked about that with somebody today. Yeah. What's the deal there? Golfing <laughs> sort of seems like it fits in your arsenal of cam weapons listen with your body breaking down it might be the only sport you're gonna be able to play i know right where you just have to stand still yeah no dude it's swing your hips it's so frustrating man it really yeah i saw some footage of you with graham and you um what uh you you whiffed a few times (laughs) i'm whiffing on about 50 percent these days Sure. Have you seen Charles Barkley's swing? Yeah, he's got a broken swing. That's not. Yeah, good. yeah. So. <laughs> so. Well, that's fun. Let's go play like shitty golf together. I'm down. It'd be great. We got to buy like 20 balls because we're gonna lose them all. Oh yeah, we're gonna need a ton. Yeah. My dad has a ton of golf balls. All like right, he well, has hundreds of golf balls. Have him send them all over. Yeah, I should. Yeah. He keeps them in like giant egg crates stacked on top of each other. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. A we crate. should go to the driving range and like get our swings right though first, I feel. You need a lesson. Yeah, I've, I haven't played golf in a long time, but I remember my drive had a lot of slice. Like it was going on to the other holes, which is, yeah, I mean, you don't want that. Don't. It's so nice when it goes in the air and then you see the just the immediate curve. It just tails. And it's, I hit I I I uh I hit someone doing that one time. Nice. Yeah. My first uh one not my first but one of my first jobs in LA um was working at the Los Angeles Country Club. LACC. Yeah. yeah. They have golf there? Yeah, dude. It's like one of the most like legendary golf courses in like California is what I've was told. I think the Playboy Mansion is on that course. Well, anyways, today our guest on the podcast is my dear friend, Skylin Brooks. Um, He is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being, Um, just a a beacon of light, just so happy and professional and good at his job. Uh, We just recently did a film together called No Running um, that hopefully will be out soon. Um, And... The best part of that whole film was the, you know, all the time that we got to spend in between the takes. Um, we had a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of laughing um, while shooting a very um, tough subject. It was, uh, at least some of the scenes were very um, charged with a lot of issues that um, are very present in today's world. So, um, yeah, he was graceful with his handling of the film, and and we had the best time. You guys might know Skyland from The Inevitable Defeat of Mr. and Pete or the Netflix series The Get Down. Be sure to like and subscribe on the Himalaya app um, so you can get every episode as they come out and check it out on YouTube so you can watch it on the Between Takes podcast. Skyland, welcome to the show. We're happy to have yeah. you. <laughs> 
<laughs> What's um, up, man? Oh man, uh, you know, just just kicking it, man. Quarantining, but also, you know, um, getting ready for press for these uh, just a, a, a flick that's gonna come out pretty soon. But um, other than that, man, you know, just chilling, gaming, you know, writing, doing little things here and there. How about y'all? Man, we've been. We've done what? What episode is this for us? I think this is nine. Nine, yeah. We've just been. We've and, just started, hey, okay. Nine ten, yeah. We started this a couple months ago, and we've just been doing this about once a week, um, which has been uh, it's been interesting to see. You know, we've been doing it over the progression of this whole pandemic, and the people we had on in the beginning, it was just starting, and now we're kind of getting to a place where people are going back to work. Um, so. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's exciting. Um, things are finally starting to kind of happen in this field for us again, which is what we've all been sort of waiting for. No kidding, man. For yeah. real. Have you been doing that ADR? Sounds, that's great, though. Yeah. Have you been doing ADR at your house? Like just where you're at? Yeah, I've been doing it. Yeah, like um, depending, they'll send me like equipment, depending on like how, how the setup works or what they're working with at the time. Um, and then, uh, just recently, like I would say like starting a couple weeks ago, they started to actually bring us back in to record inside with them. So very strict mask on <laughs> regimen, but you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's almost back to normal in a sense, sort of. Sure. Yeah. Sky That's- and I, um, Sky and I met on a film that we did a couple months ago, um, which was a fun time. I, I liked it oh, a lot. Man. It was a cool. It was a cool crew and set, and you and I had a blast. And was, uh, <laughs> What's that? I feel like I missed out on something with that laugh. No, we just I, I I just everything I did on that set was just to always try to break him when he was really in it, which was so fun because he's Sky's a great actor, but I was just always just doing the most ridiculous things. You know how I act sometimes. <laughs> um, and um, we had a good time. It was fun. For real, man. It was yeah. it was fantastic, man. Yeah. He was um w- one thing about Hart, man, is that he's he's a great scene partner, man. Like he's like really he jumps into it. He's 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 on his stuff, but like once the scene breaks, it's like it's that good mixture of good energy and like <laughs> um work ethic at the same time like he's overall just a good dude man <laughs> good guy thanks so brother, Jesus. the same way about you <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun time it was it felt too short i mean it felt like we shot that so quick i mean you shot more of that than i did but Ooh. i i feel like i you know i, I would have loved so much more time to shoot with you on that i feel like we, we didn't even get to as much as i'd hoped we were going to I feel the same way. And I was, um, I was talking to, you know, the director and Del Mar and, um, I still, we, 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 we talk all the time and I, and and I tell him like, you know, even on set when we, like we kind of passed up all the scenes that we had together for the most Mm -hmm. part until the, until the house scene at the end, like, I was like, are you sure there's no way, no, somehow we could just write in there. Like, we lock eyes at like the, <laughs> the liquor store or something. And it's like, <laughs> you know, like something small. You know, something. 
to kind of <laughs> keep, you know, we get a lot of great actors and like characters that I wish we could have reoccurred like more, like appear more in the film. But yeah. um, overall, like everyone did a fantastic job for sure. sure. Have you seen any cuts of it? I've seen a couple cuts. Well, uh -oh. When I say cuts, I mean, I, I mean one, but um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, keep it on the low. But uh, it's <laughs> it's it's almost on it's where it is now. I just checked back with them, and um, they're they're almost done. Like it's it's at the very tail end of it. So, cool. um, hoping hoping for some more news soon. But it it's, it looks really good. They're adding cool. the uh, FX and stuff right now. Good. Congrats, fellas. That's awesome. That's Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Where are you from? How'd you get into it? Uh, I was born in Torrance, California, uh, but uh, I went to school in South LA. Um, my, I hate, I hate to use this word, but my formative years, uh, <laughs> I was going from South LA into downtown LA to Cal State. Um, to a performing arts school. My high school is where I really kind of stuck into the arts more as far as like bridging theater and acting together. But if I had to go back, I'd say that I've professionally been acting since like seven. And um, uh, since then, I was, it's just gradually gotten to a bigger plateau as I, as I move forward. What made you want to start? I'm going to just tell it straight, man. Um, yeah. I wasn't into acting at all. Um, my mom threw me in a pageant. Uh, I mean, the world's going to see this, but uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I did that and it turned into modeling and went to commercials. And, um, uh, you know, they just kind of saw I had a knack for it. I really didn't care for it at the time. But when I got older and I started to really like, um, put time in and really go to acting classes and whatnot, it kind of stuck for me. And I think around 13, 14 is when I realized like, okay, this is something that I can turn into a career. And people who started to, you know, come to me and really be like, well, would you do this and do that? And I'm like, well, you know, at that time, I would say I really took it serious. And 15, 16 is where I really kind of jumped over the kind of things that I've done. Do you think that you... Uh, do you think you became that because your mom put you in that? Or do you think she saw something in you before you could see it? A little bit of both. She, sure. she, she actually told me that um, she said that she was kind of just throwing me in things, you know, like how, you know, our parents just throw us in soccer or football or sure. rugby, whatever. And um, she put me in music and, uh, dancing and acting was dead last acting actually picked up last I was actually dancing professionally before I was even acting so um when I got the call for like a show or a commercial it was like by surprise and she kind of was like over time when she kept putting me back in things when one thing one thing would always pull me in another direction and then it would always come back to the acting oddly enough and um you know she she, she kind of saw it but she couldn't call it but she encouraged it. She, oh yeah, she definitely encouraged it. My my dad encouraged it. Um, uh, the the my, my family over time kind of was like, oh, he's got a good, you know, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. 
what was, what was your uh, what was your first thing that kind of made you realize oh yeah i could i could really do this <laughs> uh, I, I would say i would say um the thing that everybody was like oh little little black kid and uh in the kool-aid commercial <laughs> And um and I got a Kool-Aid. That was my first job. That was my first job. Kool-Aid commercial. And um it shot in the hood. I mean, it was like it was like a basketball court down the street from my house from where I was at the time. And um I was shooting it and you know, I mean, I I didn't know the internet was like that hateful, but like they just had so many jacked up things to say about a kid in a, in a black kid with that with a huge afro in a kool-aid commercial but over time that was the first thing that everybody was like oh wow he, he's really doing it but then um the one thing that actually jumped and um made people recognize like i actually was skilled and i used my the years of like acting lessons and whatnot for was uh i believe mr and pete the inevitable defeat of mr and pete which was um, with Lionsgate and George Tillman. And yeah. you were the lead of that movie, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I was, I was lead. So did you feel a ton of responsibility going into that experience, like based off the way you grew up and, and your upbringing? Oh, yes. A hundred percent. I actually felt like there was, um, I actually put the world on my shoulders and I, I internalized a lot of, things around me in order to get into that character because part of me could relate. And um, one thing that we did for that, for that film, which was actually a funny thing about that whole process was when I, and this is a testament to what the grind is for us as actors and like persevering in, uh, in uh, this life in general um, is I went in for the audition and originally I'd actually got it, but they had switched uh, entire productions. So they had forgot all about me. And so I uh, found out that they were re-auditioning the role. And I said, hey, didn't I get that? And so my dad was like, hey, yeah, yeah, you did. I was like, well, well, let's go see what's going on with the production. And so they made me re-audition again, fight for like a couple months, didn't even hear anything, got a call out of the blue, couple months later said we want to do a director session and um I did the director session and George George was like that's the kid apparently you know from behind the scenes conversation and um I did feel like it was a very big responsibility because I felt like it was a story that needed to be told and besides that I felt like a lot of it's it's it, it's kind of weird how to um how how I described it, but I felt like for those who were less fortunate, it felt like their hopes were riding with me, and so I really internalized that for my character. Um, we went into the projects in New York. We actually watched characters that were that were written and pulled from those in real life, not specifically, but like you know, um, a homeless man on the street. We we would you know tail him and, and watch his his body movements and how he threw things away or or his facial expressions and and, and you know a mother and, and her child you know going around and just go shopping you know walking around and it's, it's people watching on 
an actor level, you know, where it's like, you want to take that and make it as real as possible because this story without authenticity can't be told correctly, you know? So I, I did feel a big weight on my shoulders and um, I carried it that way for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a, that's a ton of responsibility at such a young age. You know, most, most people at that age are uh, having their first kiss in sixth, seventh grade. And, and you know, you, you you're tailing people for uh, the lead of a movie. I mean, that's, that's a lot of responsibility and you definitely have to, you know, have your shit straight, frankly, to uh, oh, yeah. be able to do that. You're speaking facts, man. That's very true. Yeah. So yeah. then after that, what, what was, what was up for you after that? How did, how'd your world change a little bit after That's a, that's a great question. Um, so what people don't understand for us is, uh, I feel like, especially uh, at that time, was people learning that I was doing something of that caliber and then going back to school. Like people, people don't even know like what you're really doing or, or like what it looks like till it comes out and how much work goes into it. And then all of a sudden it's like, that's the one thing I had lined up um, I had done it. It felt like a piece of me was there and then having to go right back into school. I think I was in eighth grade and, uh, just, I remember sitting in math class, like, wow, I just did a movie over the summer. And I'm like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's, 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 it's comedy to me. It's like the way people treat you was like, oh, you should be famous or you should be this. And it's like, no guys, it's not like that. Like, this is a craft. Like, this is this is telling a story about people who are forgotten and in hopes that this this enlightens people to never forget and treat them with kindness like this is heartfelt so whether it's not about money or anything or whatever it was but it's about you diligently being diligently being the best human being you can be and so when i came back to school um i did school for the next year the movie came out. Um, I believe it went to Sundance, it, and it was a late. Uh, it was a late entrance, so it couldn't go through the whole process. It only was able just to be viewed and shown. And the reaction I got was great, um, which led me to uh, a year or two later to get down. So that was a whole another, whole another journey on its own, but. That one was the the one I would say actually put me on the map. If I were to say like, I was older, people were able to recognize me. I kind of grew out of my Mr. and Pete's little tiny face. And um, people were just like, they were able to recognize me on, on a scale of Netflix, which was growing at the time. Yeah, that was massive. That was, it was a huge, uh, huge show. Like it was, um, it was, it was everywhere. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like I still couldn't <laughs> believe, I, I remember the day it came out and, uh, me, me and my castmate, um, his name was TJ. He played Boo Boo in the show. Um, my younger brother. And, uh, we were walking around Times Square and we were like, yo, I wonder if anybody's going to recognize us. <laughs> that was the first time <laughs> I ever had said to myself. <laughs> I think people are gonna 
are gonna see us. Yeah. <laughs> and the funniest thing was that day we were we were driving. Um, our parents were just we were we were just riding around the city, and we stuck our heads out the window. And these group of girls actually looked and said, "Hey, you're from the Get Down." And I was like, "We made it, boy!" <laughs> 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 so much fun yeah. all that work in and like actually kind of be like oh people recognize you for this you know yeah yeah was um was there a lot of dancing in that show yes a yeah. lot more than i had expected no. when yeah. i first uh, auditioned <laughs> but do you think your mom putting you in those classes as a kid i mean that's that that totally comes full circle with that I see what you did there. Yeah. I see. Um, oh, 100%, man. Um, I think it was easier for me to actually pick up um, on the on the moves a lot quicker. Like, I, I actually didn't have trouble learning choreography or um, doing the notes or singing or anything like that. My mom also didn't put me in the choir when I was younger. So it was like a lot of that helped me out down the line more than I ever thought it would. Yeah. Um, when I was, I guess, I, I mean, I wasn't homeless, but I didn't have a home base. I sort of lived out of a car and I would sleep on different couches. So I, I guess I was home baseless um, a few weeks or a few months. Um, Will you explain it? A few weeks or a few months <laughs> in the summer before I got Riverdale, I was living in Venice at this artist compound um, called Winston House, where they have like a few artists like stay there. Uh, ever they're in town working on things or if they're just it's it's kind of like people were passing through it's not what it is now now it's more of a production company but it used to be this right. house that would have people and Shamik and I lived there at the same time um and yeah. it was he's great love them he's wonderful man um yeah. I always I always think about that I was like wow you knew Shamik probably before i did yeah that's yeah. crazy <laughs> yeah. like to see the trajectory um like first of all i have so much respect for you man like i i i don't know i don't want to be gushy or anything but i'm like you know <laughs> you're my guy man like i appreciate you dog and you know and 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 you're climbing and your your perseverance to do what you to, to do what you're doing right now, you know what I'm saying? And to, like, that story means a lot, which, like, for real. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. The best part of it is um, getting to work with people like you now. Like, really, having, shooting that film, like, yes, the outcome is great, but, like, the best part of it was our just camaraderie on set and how much fun we had. Like, that's the, that was the best part of it to me. I don't even really, you know, the end result is, that's out of my hands. But the best part of it all, right. like during it, was just our scenes and in between our scenes and those long, like cold nights. Like, like it was, it was a blast. <laughs> it was a blast. It's, it was absolute comedy, man. It was, it was like, yeah, that's those are the things that I live for on a set. You know, like when you go into production and you see the people that you're going to work with, your biggest hope is just that you guys all really genuinely gel and get along and like have a good time and know that this is like fun. There's, there've been sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've all experienced moments where it's like, it's been stale or, you know, 
people people won't really open up. And I mean, yeah. of course, people may have their reasons, and, and and that's fine. But I mean, you know, we're we're all here struggling together. You yeah, know, exactly. Late nights, early calls. You know. Yeah. And and play and make believe. You know, like we're doing something that like it's a crazy job. Like it's not. You know. <laughs> Let's just have fun with it. It really you know? is. Even when it's super serious stuff that we're having to do, I think the the comedy you can find in between stuff is so uh, mm-hmm. life-saving in those situations. I think it's really great. And yeah. you and I were able to do that. Mm-hmm. You and I were having to shoot some stuff that is, especially right now, like during this time, like is with everything coming to light with how how divided so many things can be. Like our film highlights a lot of that. For real. You know? And that stuff was very hard to shoot. That wasn't easy to shoot. Um, and you and I have, you know, had such a wonderful time in between things. But during those scenes, it was really tough to have to go to that place. So I think if you can keep things light and, you know, develop a relationship with people in between where you're having to shoot these things, I think it's very important. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And you know, to to open that can of worms and the volatility that it can re- remind people of, you sure. know, like there's there's a lot that's there's so much to the story that it's like everyone needs to be open minded to 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 work the craft. We're not going to bring anything to the table um, that's going to make people feel, you know, always comfortable. You know, right. there's, 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 there's gotta be a shift in there somewhere. And, uh, our, our film definitely brings that to light in a sense where it's like everyone can relate in some way, shape or form. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. But you, you carried that whole thing on your back and you did a, a really, really great job with everything that I saw. At least I didn't see the whole film. I didn't see you do everything, but from what I saw you handle and the scenes that we had to do, you you handled them with such grace and such conviction and it was I can't wait to see it. Thank you, man. You too, my friend. You did a fantastic job. By the way, I did tear up a little bit on on a part. But we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> you did good, man. You did good. Oh, thanks. Man. Be proud. I appreciate it. I'm excited to see it, boys. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Hey man, I wanna hear more about you, man. So, like, <laughs> This is about you today. We can catch up outside. <laughs> it's about you. It's not about me. Sky, will you will you um, walk us through some of your worst auditions that you've ever had? Man, not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because that, every every actor bad. that is listening to this and aspiring to to be in this industry has to know, like it's a real thing. You do have terrible auditions and it's okay. You just have to keep going. It's like, <laughs> this is also something, this is also something that we do on every episode. Yeah. Everybody. Ta- yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, whew, my worst audition. I got to think back. Um, I think it, like, I kind of did trash on a, on a few, you know, um, what, what's my, let's see, there was one where I had to, I believe it was a dialect. These kill me. Uh, um, it was a Southern accent. Um, I don't know exactly, uh, 
there there was two. One one I actually have to applaud myself on. I I, I did pretty good, but I didn't get it. Um, but the southern one was, uh, I, I don't know, I forgot what film it was for. It's a film that's actually coming up, I think. One of my friends actually auditioned and got it, which was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I had to do a southern accent and I had to have a body movement along with it. And I was trying to figure out how to incorporate what I do on each line to a T. And it was going insane i mean it looked like i was i had something going on but um yeah that that was probably probably my words like every other word i would be like I, i'm not gonna do it it was bad yeah, dialects dialects bad. are tough because it's it's it like bad. adding a third element it's really tough they're hard it is tough they're um, brutal yeah man super brutal it doesn't sound like it went that bad. It was that bad, bro. It was that <laughs> bad. It was that. And especially in, in my opinion, because like I just recently, I like the past couple years, I haven't watched too much of what I do, only to yeah. kind of keep my head a little fresh. Um, I used to be able to sit and watch myself, but after like I think it was like 2017 or no, it was 2018. Uh, I just, I just said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to watch myself and critique. Cause I actually found myself like, I could have done that differently. And I, and I never used to do that. Yeah. But now, now I think you have to kind of leave, leave it as is and, and understand that, you know, like that piece is a piece of you at that time. And now you 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 move on to transform into the next thing. Yeah, I mean stuff's so delayed that it's like it's it takes forever for something to come out. It's so hard to then go back and right. take something that you did when you might not even remember like what exactly was going on or which take they chose from something that was months or years ago. That's it's you'll rack your brain right. on what could have been different. I think it's different when you can watch the like a daily and see exactly, you know, from the day and then you can see that and right. say, oh, okay, I can change that tomorrow because I'm doing, you know, I could see something I was doing wrong. But when it's like a month or two months or a year, it's like, what am I supposed to do about this? Like, yeah. Right. Can- yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you have no control over what they choose. So it's like, you might've done that thing that you're thinking about. You wish you did when you actually did it, but they just chose a different take. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. It's yeah, man. It is what it is. That's 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 kind of the best way to describe it. It, just, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, it is. You know, our podcast. Just kind of going back to your and Hart's experience, like it's called Between Takes because it's basically everything that happens between the takes and the acting. And I feel like this episode is a great reflection of our podcast, just because of your guys' relationship and how that happened between the takes. And that was the best part of, <laughs> you know, the movie. Yeah, it was truly. Yeah. And thank you so much for coming on. You're the best. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you reaching out, man. It was yeah, a fun time, man. Of course. Man, man, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you guys, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have a good one. Till next time. I'll text yep. you. See you, brother.